0: You're listening to The Science of Superpowers with Tonya Dawn reclar Listen here, read the book, and dive into the experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Science of Superpower. So glad that you're joining us again. I'm Tonya Don Rekla, and I have a repeat guest here. I love having people back on the show so we can dive deeply into their work and the synthesis between our work and their work. And you get to hear from some of your favorites. And Karen Abrams is for sure one of our favorites here at the Superpower Network. So we're going to have her say hello. Hi, Karen.
1: Hi, how you doing? Nice to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so glad that you're back with us, and and you and I have enjoyed many, many conversations and connections along the yeah. way. And so I'm glad that we can we can share some of that with the audience
1: and yeah. and let
0: others in on on all of the beautiful information that comes um, between us when we talk about um, the passion that we have for the work that we do in the world and how similar it is and the differences. And so we'll get into a little bit of that. Our our last episode was healing for the world. And so if you go to the episode page, folks, I'll have the link for that one if you didn't get a chance to catch that with Karen. Um, But now we're going to be talking all about healing the past. And it's a great um, Add-on or addition or extension of the conversation of healing for the world, because as we look at you know what's come out of the world since this post-pandemic reality sort of is is forming and 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 taking shape, there's a lot of awareness around how our past, present, and future are are interconnected. How the programs in our world, we would consider them the human programs that we have that get passed through our genetic lines, our epigenetics, all of the elements that make up who we are and our experiences, what we've seen, what we've heard, what we know to be true, and, and how that changes. Um, a lot of that is informed in large part by by our past, right? Not just our past, but it can also be generational ties. Um, it can be family dynamics. It can be a whole ton of things that come into us in a moment when when we think that we're we're healing um from chronic headaches, right? Like like we think we're we're healing um a, a, a bruise or a bump or something that's occurred for us um in my recent recent history, you know, a car accident that Justin and I were involved with. And so much comes up in those moments when the body goes through traumatic situations and, um, and, and you and you really get a chance to look at, uh, in all the little crevices and stuff at, at how do we hold things right, even even how we hold healing, right? What stories we've been told about healing and what we think is possible, and and is is it all you know Western medicine? Is it all homeopathic? Is it all um, the self, right, and self empowerment, or or some formula of that? And we all carry a different way. Of, of looking at it, and so today we're going to talk about that. And Karen, I know you do a lot of work in the theta healing realm, and in and, and, um, and, and in the ancestral lineage work. Um, and so I'd love to hear your perspective on when we talk about healing the past. How much of an impact that does that have in our in our day to day lives as we go about things?
1: That's a really great question. I kind of look at it like you've got a a lot of people on the board. You know that you've got your past and your present and your future. My teacher, who uh, Viana Steibel, who is the founder of Theta Healing, used to talk about how we live in our past, present, and our future at all times. And in the work that I do, it's like all these different levels. So you've got ancestors. You know, let me put it to you this way: If if there's all these people in, in your boardroom at all times that are affecting the decisions that you make, so your ancestors are doing that, your past lives, our collective consciousness. Um, and our experiences here, all of those things are, and that's what Theta Healing addresses. All of those things are all of those people <laughs> are affecting us uh, it, with all the decisions that we make and especially the ones that are like the knee jerk reactions, right? Mm-hmm. That we have that then we go, wait a sec, that wasn't me. I'm so sorry or whatever. That could have been an ancestor just kicking in a fear or prejudice or or a trauma or something like that that we were, we may have been wearing on our sleeve a little more than we knew. And, and so that can really affect the decisions we make right up to the moment that, um, we're trying to move forward for something. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it it could happen in in silliness of like, what shirt are you going to wear? But more likely it's coming when there's bigger decisions to be made. And, um, and, and, but they, they do inform so, uh, so vitally and so powerfully, Mm -hmm on um, how we move forward. Absolutely.
0: I love that. And, and I come from the intercultural background, the study of how our, um, how our programs, whether that be racially, ethnically, how those sort of play into our cultural understanding of things. And in that ro- world, we talk a lot about things like time orientation, right? And we don't, we don't necessarily always recognize that, um, by having different time orientations, by being predisposed to certain time orientations, it gives us a certain perspective on the world. And that's just one little itty bitty variable. Um, but you know, how we deal with people in terms of closeness, how we deal with people, if we tend to come at them mentally or emotionally or physically or vibrationally, right. A lot of times that's informed by our upbringing, by our families and by those, um, social identities that, that make up who we are. And they, there are many of them, as you said, it's, it's, it's not just the the members on the board, but it's also all of the various, uh, nuanced layers that we carry within ourselves and so we can pull that from psychology from sociology and 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 look at the really well-founded research in these areas of just taking those slices off the top and of the of the mental emotional layers and then we start digging deeper into these vibrational layers these multi-dimensional things that we talk about in in the consciousness realms and the spiritual realms where there's a lot more richness underneath of there and not all of us we're taught to have those connections ancestrally, right? Some cultural groups are are much better equipped for these conversations of those interconnectedness with past and present and future than others. And it can make it um, seem like we're almost talking from like, two different worlds or 20,000 different worlds or whatever it may be. And, and I think that that was one of the most valuable lessons coming out of the pandemic is that we don't necessarily share realities, right? We, we share spaces, but each of us sort of crafts our own reality based on that very precise like algorithm of variables that we carry within us. And it can make interactions, interpersonal interactions, group interactions, um, family interactions, like, like like, sometimes, you know, you talked about when you notice things, I, I saw that a lot in our parenting, especially when Neva was younger, of like, wait, do I really think that way? Do I really believe mm-hmm. that? Or is it simply a program that I'm kind of mimicking from what I was taught? Um but we're not all sensitized to that equally, essentially, and how to look at it, how to hold it, what that means about who we are, right? And and so, so what can we? How can we sort of introduce everybody into this conversation today, um, especially those who aren't necessarily raised to think about their ancestral lineage, right? A lot of us mm. amalgam, our, our, our racial ancestry and ethnic ancestry is, is one of amalgamation into groups, you know, I'm thinking particularly about um, those considered white in the United States. You know, a lot of us don't have a lot of strong ties to our ethnic um, and racial or ethnic backgrounds. Um, mm. and, and And we see other groups that have stronger ties into that. How how can we sort of encapsulate this? How to look at the ancestral lineage when you don't feel that connection to it? How can that serve us as we try to put some pieces back together and understand ourselves a little bit a little bit better um, as we move forward into the future?
1: That's a really good question. I think that that our I think people actually I do see even in in Europeans, white Europeans, that there is a connection to the countries, like to the old country. and and I can definitely see it um, in the way that people react to each other. And so I find that, and I and I find it interesting also because with with Europeans, we tend to look at ourselves as we're here and then somebody's not here. Whereas when I've worked with Native Americans, for instance, they're like, Oh, my uncle's right over there. You know, like my ancestors are all around me. They're always informing me mm-hmm. and they're really fine with that sort of thing. And definitely more spiritually oriented people go, Oh, yeah, you know, I can sense my mom's presence. She's always here with me. And,
0: mm-hmm. and, and
1: we have those sorts of things within our vernacular and with our, within our understanding. So I do feel like there is, there is that sense and. And at the same time, I think you feel a sort of like a calling is the best way that I can say that that uh from the inside out, that there's something that that you're responding to in a certain way that that really feels almost like you're aligning with something that you didn't know was there and why you believe that's right in this moment as you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be fixed thinking or, or just like knowing, oh, I know you can have mm-hmm. an experience, a new experience, but it feels old, like, you know, going, going to the piano. Cause you've had, you know, generations of musicians and things like that. And for some reason you feel a lot more comfy than other people. And, um, and you may even have reactions to uh, different types of people because of certain reactions. So I, I do believe that it, it's more of a noticing, And and saying and and just understanding in those spaces that yeah, something something feels familiar that isn't necessarily here in this in this present time. That's when you know you're hitting something ancestral. I guess that would be the best way I could do it. I could talk about it.
0: That's great advice. I for me it's like I I have an awareness of always hearing guided voices, right? Guidance Mm -hmm. in my in, in my consciousness. But there was a really, really distinct moment, um, not very long ago, as time goes, you know, probably a few years now, where all of a sudden, I became very aware of what I called the women, right? I'm like, the women's mm-hmm. voices came, like, all of a sudden, it was mm-hmm. just women, and it was so many of them, and, and and so many different types, and kinds, and shapes, and sizes, and um, different ancestry a- ancestry represented in all of them but i could so clearly hear those voices and um it's not like hearing the voices like audibly hearing them through my ears but but a a, a knowing through hearing and or or actually for me it was more hearing through knowing um that they were present and and mm-hmm. and it, i found it very comforting right but it wasn't um it wasn't something that i necessarily could pinpoint like this is this person or this is this person yeah. which you know, I can appreciate the, oh, this is my grandmother's voice, or this is yeah. that. And and you can kind of place it in that way. But I I approached it from a much broader scope of of just knowing that connection to be true and allowing it to come through without needing to sort of analyze it too much, right? And 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 that's sort of been my path. I don't necessarily always need to understand. I find my understanding comes from simply being in it right from from having the experience i, I always gain some level of understanding after the fact um and but it was so comforting and there was real like guidance like at one point i was in the kitchen and the next thing i know i'm like doing all of this stuff in the kitchen and, and it's adding this spice and doing this thing and it was this magnificent meal And i'm like i don't know where it came from and everyone's like <laughs> where did this come from I'm like I, I just felt very guided to do it in this way and i was very open to that guidance. Uh But if someone insisted that I pinpoint, okay, what was it? Who was talking to you? Where did you get it from? What, what that might, I don't ever really go into that space of needing Mm -hmm. to know that, but I, but I know that a lot of modalities and stuff do offer that up because not everyone has the same comfortability levels with the ambiguity. Right. And, And so I can appreciate the, um, those modalities that allow us to connect into our ancestors and those that open us up to the experience others may be having with theirs. Cause I think we learn a lot that way, um, by allowing those, um, cultural experiences that aren't our own to sort of influence us. Um, and, and, and there's a fine line there from, than taking that on as your own. And I think we want to be really delicate with that, especially as we talk about consciousness and spirituality in a in a large scope. Yes, we are all interconnected and we all share wisdom and, and we're all connected to all roots of humanity. And yet we're in particular bodies here present and in a in a big conversation as of late are things like um, you know, really being sensitive to to what is ours in the moment and and what um and we've appropriated from others and and i know it can it can cause some internal strife for some people when you're trying to pull back all of those threads and you want to be sensitive to to others and also you're on your own journey right you're on your path and it's guiding you where you're going um do you have advice for people on how to tread lightly right to to walk in our own steps you know walk on our own path and yet be open to that which is happening around us without feeling the need to sort of make it our own and, and and, and kind of take it and work with it, but, but rather allowing it to inform us in a really healthy and appreciative type of way.
1: Well, first of all, I want your ancestor who's helping you be become a better chef, because that's like <laughs> the coolest thing I've ever heard. I've never tried. To it was do that. so fun. Oh, my God, that that's like, this is why people should channel chefs, like at dinner, like just, be, just whatever you have, <laughs> whatever you have in your cupboards, bring it gonna, through. <laughs> I'm gonna channel Julia Child next time. Um, so I, I think it's actually, you know, what you said. It's, it's really allowing, you know, it, it's really trusting your inner knowing, right? And 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 becoming, coming right in here, you know, just trusting yourself and and, and making sure you're in your body because we tend, and I know I tend to do this too, because I can be very, very, I'm, I'm a very heart-centered person, but I can be very cerebral and I could be well, you know, going around and this is what's going on, right? <laughs> and be very like, okay, and i I got to solve this and this has to happen. And then there's 45,000 things to do, right? We're moms. We've got a lot, we've got a lot to do. And a lot of us also are caring for other people too, right? We're caring for aging parents and and, and then our kids. So we're kind of sandwiched in here. So I believe this is about really reminding yourself that you're being coming back to being present coming back to being in your body and going oh yeah i'm right here instead of in the lists and in the other story or going back into your past and and um because i think we tend to how do i always say this we get addicted to feeling a certain way right and so if i feel like i'm always behind the eight ball you know or i feel like i should be somewhere you know, I should be further along in my life than I am, or I I always feel left behind, you know, or left out. If I'm walking around with that, I'm not present at all. I'm just trying to seek out that feeling and and trying to seek out those experiences that validate how I'm feeling. And if we're in our past to, you know, traumas and things that kind of stuck us, you know, we got, we kind of got stuck there. That that we're just reliving it, and we're not coming in, and we need to come back here, and and understand that that the past, the, it's very informative. The past is very informative. I do believe there is much to heal there, and so that we can feel free and feel freer to move forward with more clarity and more purpose. Because I believe that we are here to love ourselves. We're here to have joy and to love ourselves and the more we love ourselves the more we have joy and the more we have joy we, the more we love ourselves and so really leaning into that you're going to find a tremendous amount of healing and, and a lot more presence than um uh, than you may have had this other way of just being in here and getting the lists done and taking care of this and that and this and that and this mm.
0: i love that i love that and it it reminds us i, I think it allows for that appreciation of the self. Yeah. Um and when we feel that way, right? Um I mm-hmm. talk about, you know, kind of sitting in your own power, right? Like holding your own center. Absolutely. Um it doesn't it doesn't have like it it's almost like it it provides this whole full experience of your own existence and then you're not needing to grab this and grab that and grab this and grab that and you But when you feel that way, there is this like permeability that allows it to be flavored by things. Right. Right. So it allows it to be enhanced without feeling like you have to grab this and grab that. Whereas when we feel less than you spoke of, you know, kind of feeling like you need to chase that, um, we naturally will look to, to anyone who feels like they have more than and and want that right like like, they have more than I do and I want that and and a lot of times when we're talking about things like ancestrally in our past some of us come from some past that that have have very voluntarily been forgotten because they're painful Right. right or or embarrassing or shameful and and there's a real movement right now to just turn around and look at that and say hey Like that may have been true of of, of the the families that I came from, the generations that I came from. But in this moment, I get to make a different choice, Um, not just erase it away, but say, wow, like I can see the impact that had on so many, you know, not to carry that guilt, but to say, okay, what can we do now? Right. How do I have a voice in it now? And and as I mentioned, coming from the intercultural um, background, you know, I taught critical race theory. I taught white racial identity trainings. And it's tough when when you have a back background and and you're part of a cultural group that has done real atrocious things to mm-hmm. others. Now, most cultural groups have done atrocious things to some other but but we have to, to look at, like, what is the guilt that we're carrying around from that, that may or may not be ours personally, but that yet becomes ours when we refuse to look at it. Um, and 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 again, it's a delicate game to play because that strength, that awareness of self is required to be able to stand and say, hey, I can turn around and look at this and not take it on as who I am right now and still take some responsibility for what I've gained from that right we talk about things like privilege mm-hmm. and and how do you hold privilege responsibly right if you're if you're part of systems that have created positions of privilege and you benefit from that how do you hold that responsibly how mm-hmm. do you how do you assist in the dialogue and the change that needs to occur so that it can be different moving forward? Um, And and when we approach it from that place, it can feel very empowering without disempowering somebody else. Um, And that's, that's the key. I became fascinated about how do we responsibly hold power? It's not meant to um, make ourselves feel less than right. It, it comes from the perspective that there's, there's an abundance in the universe as a whole. How do we learn to open that up and open ourselves up to creative ways to make room for everybody? Um, and, and I feel like that sort of friction has really come to the surface and we get to choose how we face that friction do we do we hide from it do we fight it right this is these are trauma reactions and how we react are that that's programmed in us but we get to say what we respond to we get to say which programs are active with, within us we get to take steps to learn how to empower ourselves to reprogram ourselves so we're not responding from survival trauma programs but rather from that whole fulfilled place that we spoke of. So we're comfortable having these conversations that are really painful sometimes to walk through, but knowing yourself within it gives you the ability to say, I can hear that. Wow. I I can feel that. Right. And, and how can I help? How, what can I do? Educating ourselves to say, Hey, this is what I can do. Right, and this is this is how I can make reparations. This is how I can make change now, here in this moment, for the things that are within my sphere of influence. And so I know that with your with the Theta healing work that you do, and and the focus on um, our ancestry, right? That that's one of the things that you're able to do with people in a one on one setting, um, in group settings where you can connect in with that and say, hey we can hold this differently, right? Right. Perhaps it's having you, like you said, like this robotic, like knee-jerk reaction if we're not aware, but if we are aware, we get to bring it up to the surface rather than hide from and go, oh, yeah, no, this doesn't work for me now. How can we change this,
1: right? What would you add on to them? Well, there's, there's, you know, I believe that you know, the generation that we're in right now gets to be, we get the chance to be a light, you know, to the ancestors. Cause I, I do believe that that they're still around us all the time. I do believe that that and that's part of this work too, is is to go back and really understand what were their fears, what are their prejudices, what were their traumas, and and heal those things energetically so that um people can feel these sort of now people can feel like these invisible barriers that were here that they didn't even know were here why were they afraid to go forward this way why were they afraid to be seen and heard why were they f- afraid to speak out it may not be from right now or it may it may be because you came from a persecuted people and you're trying to you know move forward and and i always talk about it as as like this evolution right because I remember watching something in 60 minutes which was so great which was about um this woman who found out like through anse- some ancestral you know like a DNA thing um test that that she was an ancestor of one of the main families that brought slavery to the United States and when she found out and and um and and uh, she wanted to bring this out and the whole family Like all the cousins and everybody just like disowned her. And she, Mm -hmm. she had the, I guess they had inherited this, this plantation, you know, where they kind of started everything. Like they knew they were in the South, but they didn't know, like, this was one of the anchor, you know, families that did this. And, and she was like, no, come here. We're going to, you know, my great, great grandfather, you know this is, he brought people here and he, you know, and, and just like, we've got to learn from this. We've got to honor this history because this history is being erased. And, um, and because everybody is so uncomfortable, because there's a lot of shames there's, there's a shame that people can have because they're like, I didn't do this. Why do I, you know, why are you mad at me? I didn't do mm-hmm. this. Um, I'm not responsible for that. So let's just put it over here. And, and so you got to deal with those heavy guilts and those heavy shames and that trauma, and that trauma that even the ancestors caused other people mm-hmm. and um and so you you can work in in this work like I'll just I'll just tell you because since we haven't talked about it in this one the work that I use called theta healing is it's just a meditation it connects you to god or your inner wisdom the universe whatever that word is for you so that you can connect with your subconscious mind and change these bottom beliefs that are holding you back. So this is the, I'm nothing, I'm worthless, you know, I need to hide, right? I need to be invisible, (laughs) those sorts of things. And energetically with your permission, you can shift those beliefs and then also release trapped emotions. And, you know, we're talking about the ones that have become toxic, right? Anger, betrayal, trauma, those things in and of themselves aren't, bad emotions. They're not even really negative emotions. They're just a natural reaction to something that's happened. But they've been sitting there marinating, maybe for generations, not only from you, but from everybody else. Mm -hmm. And and so you're reacting to that. And and it gets replaced with, with your permission, since you're connecting in like that, you get the chance to replace it with unconditional love and understanding and compassion. And what happens when you do this on both of those levels, on the belief level and on the feeling level, is that you feel empowered and uplifted. And you start being able to do the things that for whatever reason you were, you were putting off and running away from and avoiding all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's easy to clean your desk and you know take all the, all the boxes out of your living room and, and, and go, Oh, I feel, now I'm not running from a trauma I didn't know existed or one that mm-hmm. I thought existed, but not to the degree that I had it. And so all of a sudden you feel like you can do the things that make you um, that move you forward in the way that you've always wanted to. So it's not just sit here and meditate and 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 wait for the world to change for you. It's like you're you're now doing this, and and now you can make decisions that are going to be easier. And because now the energy feels better, you're yeah. in a flow, right? You know, you have a surfboard and there's a wave out there. You still got to paddle out, and you got to know how to stand and do everything mm-hmm. in order for that to work for you. And so you're that part, right? You're the surfer. So. You've got to get on the board and and start going forward. And when you do that, everything just flows so much easier because the decisions you're making, right, the decisions you're making and the way you're allowing other people to help you out and, and feel the support of the universe and, 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 and get happier, you know, you get happier and happier and stop breaking promises to yourself, right, mm-hmm. and take your needs into consideration then you just start feeling better and lighter and you start making more decisions in support of yourself. Your boundaries get better because you don't feel like you deserve to be t- mistreated anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Or that you deserve to be at the bottom of the list, because I'm telling you, if if you're someone in that sandwich generation, then the closer your needs are to the top of the list, the more you're going to be able to help the people around you. And I know that the, the people who come to me are people who are like the rocks of their family. Right? They're the ones who give the best advice. They're the ones everybody leans on. And, and they're taking care of their parents. They're taking care of their kids. They're taking care of their spouse. And there's a lot going on in all of that. And so their needs go down. But then you, that's like that's like breaking promises to yourself. When you don't make yourself happy, when you leave your guitar over there and it just collects dust or you stop writing your book or you do whatever it is that that used to make you happy and you stop doing it because you just don't have the time. You're, you're just breaking promises, breaking promises, breaking promises. So when you mm. just start to move into that other place, because all these barriers are starting to move away and you're like, oh, I can take a day off. That'd be fun. Or I, <laughs> I can play my guitar in the middle of the day for no reason. That's good too. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, look at me. I'm making myself happy. Oh, that's cool. Like simple, simple things can become so much more powerful and, and so much more empowering in your life. And it's self-perpetuating because yes. you then
0: you open yourself up to enlightened guidance, inspired guidance, and and then you know how to deal with the stuff from your past, right? Then you feel empowered to say, yeah, I'm not going to hide from this secret. You all can pretend if you want to, but I'm not carrying this burden anymore, and I'm going to be honest about it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, hey, this, is, this isn't cool what happened here. Um, how can I make change toward the better? right? Because, because even if we're not the ones responsible for creating those programs that we carry, as we become more aware of them, we are responsible for perpetuating them, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's passing them on to our kids with no hope or help of how to, how to deal with them in a different way, mm-hmm. um, you know, forcing them to kind of keep them in hiding and allow them to keep festering. Somebody's got to break the cycle. I know that's, That's a common conversation in our house. And he was very consciously aware of like of of her active participation in breaking some of these cycles, because, you know, the way we see it is like, okay, if I didn't fix this before you came along, then you carry some element of it. We might as well work together on it. Right. We we looked at guilt. Right. Mm -hmm. And guilt is just one of these huge ones. Most of us carry it in some form or fashion as a program um, of response to certain things. And and we just kind of looked at each other at one point and said, no, like, you don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to make you feel this way. You don't want to make me feel this way. Because if I make you feel guilty, then I feel guilty for making you feel guilty. And it just kind of <laughs> perpetuates this whole thing. Like, what if instead we just make a pact that we're not going to play that game? And, and and it, you don't have to have the answer. Like, we didn't know what would come in the place of it. We didn't know what program would be installed instead of that but it starts with just saying no like no to the toxicity sitting in the space and conviction of that together and then letting what comes comes in in light and in love to 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 replace that program and to say okay when we feel uncomfortable or scared or upset instead of this we're going to instead sit for a moment and and we're going to say hey i feel uncomfortable I'm mm-hmm. noticing discomfort in my system. I'm noticing right now that I want to blame you for this mm-hmm. because I, right now I can't see my role in it, but you know, the, all relationships are two people interacting. So there's, there's always a flip side to that angle. No one's ever just the perpetrator with no, uh, I'm not going to say no one, but, but oftentimes we see this sort of two sides of the same coin happening. I call them the push pulls Mm -hmm. where, where the thing that you say, this person always does it's like, okay, but what is the thing in you that complements that, that invites it in that um, creates it, that, that triggers it, you know, what is it, how does this work together? Right. And, and you, you can start playing with those things when you're willing to be a little bit more open and honest with yourself about how you're feeling before you do the reaction, right? Like, like, okay, why do I want to right now lash out about this thing? I, how am I feeling inside? And usually if you dig way deep in there, it's some element of fear, right? Something that says the world's big, bad, and scary. And this is the person that perpetrated that against you, you know, mm-hmm. or, or reminded you that the world is big, bad, and scary, but back to you know, at the beginning of the conversation, when you feel whole and complete unto yourself, the world doesn't seem so big, bad, and scary. So what it does is it decreases the amount of times you have those reactions, right? And you can see how this feedback loop starts to feed itself in the positive to where now you're like, oh, wait, I can respond differently. I can sit and have this uncomfortable conversation and trust that on the other side of this, I'm going to feel better." You know, we're mm-hmm. going to have come to some sort of a conclusion or arrangement or we'll try something new or we'll try again tomorrow. Um, but it does it, it it does create this beautiful feedback loop that I mean, we see it, it to the negative, right? Like this snowball mm-hmm. effect. We can take that dynamic and put it towards the positive of you open those spaces up and you you are informed differently. You respond differently. Mm -hmm. And so it creates the space for you to show up very differently. And that's what invites in different guidance. That's what allows us to, you know, as you were talking, I was imagining like, you know, instead of thinking like this, this, this guilt or this, um, you know, these negative feelings about something your ancestors have done, you know, kind of ask yourself, what would they do now, given the knowledge that we have? Right. Right? And, and what would they want us to do on their behalf, given the knowledge that we have and, and, and sort of as a gift back into all of those who came before, because they gave you really great things too, you know, healing that and saying, Hey, it's okay. Like, I don't understand why you did these things. I don't under, I wasn't there. I didn't make those decisions and they look really terrible from this position. And, and a lot of them were, but, but what would you do now differently? right mm-hmm. knowing what we know now what can we do differently um and it gives them a, a chance to sort of even if they've passed to to free that right it, at least it frees you from carrying the burden of that you can't speak for them you don't know them at that level perhaps but but if you imagine it that way it frees you now and and that can then create a very different future absolutely what can what advice can do you have for people who um, who don't feel that connection into their ancestors, but they want to work with this um, in a way that allows them to move forward. Um, like, like if it feels weird to them to think about their ancestors close by, or or, yeah. or the you know the ghost thing, or or the spirit thing. Like, what? How can they hold this in a, in, in a real practical sense that it also can kind of open them up to receiving information differently? um than perhaps they're used to
1: i think I, w- I wanted to come back to something that you said before because it may end up answering what you're asking now when you were talking about like the shame and the guilt and um and and making this an uncomfortable conversation you know having this having an uncomfortable conversation and surviving it, right and being okay okay i was uncomfortable now we're now okay. we're okay or have somebody react to you as if you were the ancestor and um i think there's and and i I see it a lot in women. um I know other people have this too, but this feeling of I'm responsible for everyone and everything and and that adds a lot of heaviness. And I think that guilt is also an a, an attempt. I mean, it, it guilt guilt can show you a moral compass, you know, can make you aware of a moral compass. And then on the other side of it, I think that guilt can um be this attempt to, to control the past that, you know, if I, you know, I I feel so bad about what happened. If I could only, you know, go back there and change it, I wouldn't, I can't. And I feel so bad that I can't go back and do that. Right. And, and, um, and, or I made such a poor decision in this one place and I just want to go back and, 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 uh, redo it, get a redo, you know, we, we all want the time machine and I think regret Mm -hmm. and guilt is definitely shame. Shame can be too. Like these, these, uh, unhealthy time machines we're trying to take back or these rickety time machines that don't quite work because you just kind of loop through loop through and loop through and i I think we have to be we, we have to know that we're not responsible for everyone and everything that we can allow other people their own their own experiences because um a lot of us tend to and i know the people who come to me be people who take on other people's energy emotion and experience in order to heal them it's a very big thing and it's a big thing being a parent and wanting to do that too and um and being female and wanting to do that so these are the it, it doesn't help <laughs> mm-hmm. i you know i i it's so funny cuz my mom used to i used i used to say uh, she was a sponge like she was such a sponge right and if, if I said that you know I, I I hit my arm against the you know the side of the door or something like that which wasn't that uncommon, <laughs> she'd be like, "Oh, honey, which which arm?" <laughs> you know, like she got a cramp. And mm-hmm. and you know that was her way of being loving. Like she had to mm-hmm. she had to embrace everything and 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 get it away. And and um and I remember one time when my daughter was probably like two, like in the one and change almost two years old, and she was in between my legs, right? You mean, you couldn't be in a more secure place in that moment. She's got her arms around my <laughs> legs and she fell and like hit her lip and her lip blood was, it wasn't a big deal at all, but like her worst injury, right? At that point in time. And I saw that and, and, and those two things, I was like, wow, you really, they're going to have their, they're going to fall. They're going to do this. They're going to, you mm-hmm. have to allow them their own experience. You don't want them. You don't usually want anybody to be in pain. And, and at the same time, you have to allow that, that that's just part of life. And, um and, and it's okay just to kind of reel that in and, and just be aware when it happens, you know, with this work, we'll go energetically obviously into your subconscious mind and, and go onto these levels and, and, and be able to transform them in a really deep level and, if you're doing it, um, without going to your sub into your subconscious, without going into a meditation, then it really is. It's, it's just the awareness like, Oh, look at me. I'm doing that again, you know, and, and creating something where you feel like you're stepping back from that, you know, mm-hmm. and saying, you know, I can, I can do something else here. I don't, I don't need to go on to that. And I always say like when, and, and I don't. this, how do I say this? Um, how to like, how to reframe a fear. Let me put it to you this way. Like, instead of saying, you know, worrying, I say that worrying is, is a focused prayer on a bad outcome, right? (laughs) You know, please. My mom's, my mom's was the best. I loved my, my mom's was dead in the gutter. Like if we didn't come back on time and we didn't call, and this was before cell phones, right? I'm dead in the gutter, right? We're dead in the gutter. And I didn't understand being on her side of it back then, Mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, But that's, that's where she went. And and so we had to, we had to kind of shift that kind of thinking and 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 bring it to a different place in order to just um realize that you don't have to go to the worst possible place. You can always come back and be here. And so instead, what you can do is say, instead of looking at the worry, or you can look at the worry because the worry is going to come up naturally, right? Your kid's gone for too long and you're like, you know, you're starting to get worried. It's like, what are you looking forward to? And say, well, what I'm looking forward to is my kid coming back and totally fine. She may mm-hmm. get grounded for it, <laughs> or she may have some sort of correction involved in this. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to her coming back, and so it allows you to still use your imagination, but in a way that frames it in a in a positive in a positive way, in mm-hmm. a positive manner. Fabulous. And yeah, you want to take language and 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 help it, you know help you you know in those moments Mm -hmm. because we can go somewhere else you know i'm not you know i'm responsible for my behavior you're responsible for your behavior but um i'm not responsible for my ancestors behavior i can't there's nothing i can do about that and so and and i always i always find that interesting you know when we've got all these cultural grudges and religious grudges right on religious groups because you know, uh, of something that happened 3000 years ago, you know, and, and you're like, how is anybody responsible for that? You know, it, 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 um, it can uh, justify your actions, right. It can justify what you want. So, but I always say that when you start bringing those things around, you're going to, you're going to come to a different place. And there's this one, um, Access consciousness thing that I that I I heard recently that I really liked. And it was um, does my awareness exceed my allowance? You know, like what are you allowing to happen? It's not as big as what you're aware of happening. And so you can always say, Let my allowance exceed my awareness. Mm. And so that you can open up to yourself allowing other people to have their own experiences without having to take that on, to stop earning your existence. You're in this moment of earning your existence. I mean, have you ever done that where you feel like you're over helping or over giving, right? We've all been there at some point in our lives, right? We're over giving and over helping. We're earning our existence And, and finding yourself in this moment going, Oh, okay. Does my awareness exceed my allowance? No, I want my allowance to exceed my awareness and just go, I don't have to do this at all. I'm a good person. I can be at this party without cleaning up. <laughs> I could be helpful too, but I'd have to do all of it, you Beautiful. know, and you know, just be a part of that solution.
0: Even without seeing how it's going to unfold. I think that's what's right. so great about what you're sharing is, you don't have to know the the details, right? You're saying, I you know, it's like we have all these tendencies that we we want to chastise ourselves for because they produce what we would deem negative results, but we can take those same behavioral programs and say, "Hey, what if we use these for good?" Right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like using your superpowers for good. If if it's a part of your natural makeup, it's much easier to give it something to focus on that's for the positive than mm-hmm. to just continually berate yourself or try to get rid of it. Um, it's kind of like replacing a habit that you want to stop with a habit that you want to cultivate. You know, mm-hmm. that's the easiest way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I so I love that very practical advice. Karen, thank you so much. We're we're gonna start wrapping up here. Again, we've been talking all about healing the past. Um, Karen, where can people go to find out more about your work with Theta Healing?
1: Oh, sure. You can go visit my website. It's at thinktheta.com. So that's T-H-I-N-K oh, nice. like think theta. That's the easiest way you can get me. And on there, I have more contact information that you can get me more, you know, right in there. You can email me at Karen at ThinkTheta.com also, if you're interested in playing.
0: Fabulous. I absolutely recommend that you connect with Karen. If this resonates with you, if you're ready to sort of sit in that space of like, yes, please. I, I, I just want that feeling of wholeness right that connection into self to be able to turn some of these things around you may have everything fine and be successful and all of these other components but but your inner game may be suggesting something different to you from time to time um, connect with karen to to help out with that and if you'd like to work with some some techniques on your own you can always check out our energetic sensitization course at superpowerexperts.com go to the courses and you'll see that there um, it gives you some steps that you can do on your own and in your own way. Um, and but it guides you through that. So you can start to sensitize yourself to what we're talking about here and and, and start looking at some of those elements and feel more whole and complete. Um, within yourself. And we invite you to take a look at that. Karen, thank you again for coming back on the show. We'll put links on the episode page for for our past episode with Karen, for um, link to her website. Uh, Make sure you go and check that out, folks. Um, We really appreciate you coming on the show, Karen. I'm sure I'll have you back on sometime soon.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's been such an honor and such a joy. Thank you. Oh,
0: great. Well, thank you. And to all of you out there, We appreciate the fact that you've supported the network over all of these years. We know that we're ranked where we are because of you, um, and it means a lot to us. So until next time, remember who you are. We love you. Love each other. Goodbye for now.
1: Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to SuperpowerExperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.